When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Rick Dog, good to be back with you, brother. Yeah, mate. Yeah, it's 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 been a while, mate. It's been a while. Um, it's been been. Uh, I've got some big shoes to fill this morning. I'm not only doing Louis's job, but I'm doing Izzy's job. So if you combine the two, that's like half a job. That's like down down the down the sales down the sales line, isn't it? In the supermarket, getting two for one. Two with for Rick, one, Rick Dog. Two for one, mate. Two for one. Hey, um, uh, last night, a bit of a. I don't know if you could say it. Well, yeah, it's a boil over, isn't it? It's a boil over. I don't know if it's well, an upset, but 28-6, the storm losing at Shark Park. Mate, I couldn't pick my nose at the moment. I, yeah. I'm running it straight with Sammy Hewitt the other day. We both picked the storm to bounce back after Ballyate, giving them a tune-up last week. Um, it actually got me thinking. Like They got they got towed up last night. Mm. It was 20 to, 20 to nil. Brandon Smith gets sent off. Um, they did it easy in the first half. Cronulla. Uh, Matt Morland was on fire. Ramian scoring three tries. Um, but it got me thinking about Melbourne, you know. Like, if they, they have found themselves in a little bit of a hole on occasions this year, even though they are sitting second. But you have a look at their, their team, and the, I'm talking about stability. They've always been really stable. Mm. But now you've got the Bromwich boys have signed to go to the Dolphins, um, along with uh, Felice Kafusi. Yeah. And then you've got Brandon Smith heading to Sydney City. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and when you look at it in... In that sort of context, you've got four internationals out of your side yep. next year, and whether or not they've taken their, I guess their attitude, um, they're, they're, it, it, it sort of looks like they haven't got the same like strength in their attitude when they're going out to play football. Like some of those tries scored last night, especially down the edges, were soft. Like they, they're soft, they're soft in the middle, mm. going through the middle and just dominating that. But then the the way they scored their tries down the outside, they were soft. And I'm just, you know, part of me is wondering whether or not their attitude is they've they've gone a little bit light on it because those blokes know that they're heading out. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, the other thing is, it's something that Bellamy has. Um Managed really well in the past, you know. So when um, Cooper Cronk left, they had a plan. When Billy Slater left, they had a plan. Even when Cameron Smith retired, they had a plan. But like you say, how much depth can you afford to lose every year? Because they lost a bunch of depth this year too, remember? Yeah. And that, and that's the thing. Like when you're talking, you know, you're not just talking names, you're talking experience. You know, you're talking 200 plus games of NRL each um, with those blokes that are they're getting right up there in their careers. Then, you know, Brandon Smith's hitting, hitting his peak. The others have probably peaked and, and on the way out. Um, but it's just so much experience that I know Felice wasn't there last night, but you still got the Bromwich boys and, and Brandon Smith sitting there, yep. which are which are a huge nucleus of the of the side. And and I just think you know, I was watching 
uh, Bellyache's face when Brandon Smith was walking down the tunnel, walking off the field, yep. him and Mooks, and just thinking, yep, there will definitely be a conversation with that young fella today. And I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know whether, um, from Brandon Smith's point of view, whether or not he's had enough of those conversations. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, yeah. like, he's a competitor. I'd love him to be here. Well, mate, I mean, because I watched last night and I was like, I had the sound down, but because, you know, family were doing stuff and that. So I was just watching and then I saw Melbourne are on attack. Yeah. He's at dummy half. And next minute he gets into the pin. <laughs> I'm like, what's happened here? What have I missed? Yeah. <laughs> He's tuned the referee up. You know, it's funny. We were talking about that yesterday, man, is he? About, you know, is he saying he just about cost them the game um, in the Irish, I think the second test when he, when he was playing and he'd given the referee a goal for and the guy had missed the kick at goal. Or so. that's, that's what I took out of it. I can't really remember <laughs> Um, but he's given the given the referee an absolute mouthful, and the referee's actually said, I can, "I'm not going to repeat that because of my mic." Mm. <laughs> the guys on apparently one of the guys on TV thought he heard it, and he said, "The last time we were here, you put camps, you did the same thing, put Cam Smith in the sin bin, but in, with a few extra expletives in there." <laughs> yeah, see you later, mate. Ten see minutes in the bin. Um, but just, I mean, looking through the team lists. Um, this is the Melbourne bench, right? Tyran Wishart, Tui Kami Kamitha, Alec McDonald, Jordan Grant. I know one of those guys. Yeah. I don't know if you, you remember the the young boy Wish, Wishart. His, yeah. old, his old man played for Aussie, played for uh, Illawarra Steelers. Yeah, yeah very yeah. good goal kicker and, and winger um, of the time. Uh, the the Fijian, he's he's in the in the side. He's just come back um, this year. He's been having a rest on the sidelines for some indiscretions. And the other two young guys, one of them actually has a big future. The point being, though, you used to read the four guys on the Melbourne bench and they're all internationals. That's a, yeah, and that's my point, is that you, you, you know, there's a, going through a little bit of a rebuild. If anyone can get it right, it's it's Frankie Panisi and Bellyache. You know what I mean? They've been through it there for, you know, two decades plus and, and I'm, sure that, I'm sure they'll bounce back here, but they... You know, they don't lose two in a row that often. No, they don't. You know, that, so. that said, though, how good are the Sharks looking? You and, mentioned Jesse Ramian. I mean, he turned Justin Ollum inside out how many times? Yeah, and then, that, you know, that's a real good little battle, that with Justin Ollum. You know, centre, NRL centre from last year um, of the competition. And Jesse Ramian, I like Jesse Ramian. I think he's he's really starting to hit his straps since he's come back from Newcastle uh, into that Cronulla side. Oh, I Before Nico Hines went out of it, out of the side and into um, Origin, and then he's you know obviously got COVID and has to sit out Origin as well. I didn't think they'd have that stability around that seven six, but guess who stepped up? Matt Moreland. He had a blinder. Mm. He had an absolute blinder, and you know he's he always wondered why he left Penrith, Matt Moreland, but he's really found that little bit of a niche with Nico Hines, who's just taken that game management to a different level, and on the back of it, he's starting to find that form, that old Penrith form that got him. You know, and that star uh, status before he left and went back to went to Cronulla. So, um, mate, they're a threat. You know, with that with yeah. that form last night, they're really really slick moving that ball around, getting it to the edges. Um, yeah, and Bellyache, like I said, I'd hate to be in the review today. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's not going to be pretty, mate. It's not going to be pretty. Hey, uh, we also we had we had a text come through uh, this morning that I saw Kempi, and uh, it came through at seven minutes past five. So I'm not sure what replay we had on at seven minute past five, but it was obviously around the All Blacks. And uh, this text has come through. After the Rugby World Cup, the Warriors should target Quintu Pyre. He's a good uh, a good All Blacks player, but could be a great player for the Kiwis. 
Um, what's your take on Quintu Pyre? Does he have what it takes to be a leaguey? And where would you play him if you did? Yeah, well, definitely. He he has. He's definitely got the skills. Like that pass that he threw um, to Fonuku uh, Lester down the wing on the mm. weekend, where we he got pulled up short by a couple of a couple of tackles. Uh, yeah, he, he's a very very good player. The the problem that you have with when you're signing All Blacks is if they're an All Black, you miss the boat. Mm. You've got to sign him at school. You know, you've got to you've got to get him in between those transitions of making NPC into into Super Rugby before they make it to the All Blacks because. Basically, once you once you make the All Blacks, you've written a European and a Japanese contract. Yeah, you know, and the Warriors can't com- compete with that. Um, no matter what they say, what they say, you know, you've got to you've got to have someone who desires to come back and play rugby league from rugby union, um, and making money and and in the short time that you are a professional, when you're an All Black, it's a, a hell of a lot easier to do that going up to either Europe or Japan than coming into a game of rugby league that really puts some pressure on your body. And if you have a look at Sonny Bill. You know, he's really he was really clever in how he done that because he extended, I think, by going back to rugby union his career by three or four years, maybe longer. Um, but the 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 question around can Quintapai play rugby league? A hundred percent. You know, Geordie Barrett, one hundred percent. You know, there's there's a number of players that would uh, list the Fanuki. Jeez, I'd, I'd have him tomorrow, but the, you just wouldn't get him because 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 they're out, they're outside your budget. If I was the Warriors and I was targeting a uh, an All Black at the moment, I probably wouldn't go for someone that's in the squad at the moment. But I reckon you could do worse than having a chat to TJ Piranata. If, if he was talking yeah. to the Roosters, he's he, he's the fifth, you know, fifth on the ladder now for halfbacks. He's what thirty one. Um, you could do worse than going him. He'd be a great fourteen. He can play rake. He can play in the halves. Well, I don't know if you remember, but Piri Wipu before the the last mm. World Cup, he was uh, touted about coming back to rugby league, and he was talking to both Newcastle and the Warriors. The reason he talked talked to Newcastle because uh, Newcastle have always had a really st- strong relationship since me and Sammy Stewart went there from Wellington. We played for Randwick at the time, um, and Piri Wipu had been over there a number of times. His, his brother had been over there, um, Billy, and ended up at Manly, as we know. So Piri had that that league background, wanted to get back in the rugby league. You're dead right, you know if. Uh, Again, whether TJ whether TJ wants to put his body the the thing with it it's when you're getting older at 31 these days and having to go into a league environment, um, there's two there's two different ways to look at this. When you go to a rugby environment, it's more technical. Mm. When you go to a rugby league environment, it's more physical. And I don't know if you remember um, Gasney had played for uh, for St George. Yep. So he went over to Japan and played rugby. All right. So he left uh, rugby league and went to Japan played rugby. And when he came back to play rugby league, he was so out of shape, and it was a real good it was a real good look at what happens to the player's body when they go away and they play a different sport, which is more tactical. And and a lot of the players you see doing that, it actually takes them a while to get that phys- physicality built back into their body so that they can last a rugby league season. At thirty one, that's really tough, you know. Mm. So whether TJ wants to, um, or or a player of TJ's caliber at that age wants to get into that system and flog yourself to try and get your body in shape for 26 rounds of rugby league, it's, you know, geez, I retired at 31. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really hard work getting up and doing that every year. Yeah, yeah. This actually reminds me of chats I've had with Justin Morgan when I used to do a, a, a few shows with Justin Morgan at another mm. station. You know, he, t- he talked about why he retired. He said, if I was just turning up to play on the weekend, I wouldn't have retired. It's the grind. Oh, it is. You know, week and, in, you're, week out. and you're managing players and their bodies. You know, like I remember Owen Gutenberg when he, when we were coaching the Warriors, and 
you know, Lars' knees were just absolutely knackered. We, we would be lucky to get one session a week out of him on the field before a game and have him on the bike all week just turning over, keeping his fitness up because he's naturally fit and gifted physically. Yeah. Um, that we just we had to manage him through it so that we could get him through the football games, you know. And and that's what happens, you know. As you get older, you've you know had little bits chopped out of your body and trying to get you back on the football field. Um, and you just, the wear and tear. I, I always say, and and use the analogy of a car, you know. When you're 31, you've got, thou- got 200,000 Ks on your mm. clock. You know, when, you, when you're 18, you're just coming off the lot. You, you recover quicker. You don't need you don't need as many services, um, but when you're 31, you need a, you need a service every every week. <laughs> Football with Sam Lee. Uh, g'day, Sam from the Athletic. How you doing? Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, very well, thanks. Very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good. I, I guess the big story at the moment uh, in the UK around. I mean, it's all transfer news, isn't it, at the moment? But. Um, yeah, about uh, Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, his absence has been confirmed by Manchester United now uh, that he's not going to be part of their pre-season tour. They said they've given him some more time to deal with a family issue. Is that family issue um, buying a house in, in London so he can play for Chelsea? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, everyone, everyone knows family emergencies are a great excuse if you need to get out of work because nobody, you know, your boss never asks any questions. And in this case... It's very difficult for journalists to go on radio stations around the world and say, "Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's far better for me to say it's not a family emergency." Um, I think what I can say is, I think some people around the club maybe d- dispute that. Um, and yeah, as you say, whether it's a house in in London or any city with a football club that can offer him Champions League football this season, I think you know within you know the top echelons of the game. He'll be looking at. So yeah, he's not going on that pre-season tour to to Asia and I think Australia as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's a, that, that's you know another sign that he yeah he he really does want out and it's a difficult position for United because they're going to have to make it happen somehow. This is a bit awkward for everyone, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was looking around at the clubs that he could potentially go to. So he wants Champions League football. So you got to look for a club that can afford his wages, that needs a striker or needs somebody of his his um, ability. You know, it's not Man City, it's not Liverpool. Uh, PSG have said he, he doesn't fit. Bayern Munich have said he doesn't fit. Borussia Dortmund have already bought Sebastian Haller in, so they don't need a striker. AC Milan, Inter Milan uh, are all good. Juve don't want him back. I mean, the only team I can see potentially he can go to would be, would be Napoli, and I, I don't know if they can afford him. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know how how willing he'd be to to take a pay cut to make it happen. Um, I mean, I mean, there's there's the Champions League, and then for Ronaldo, surely it's not just playing in the Champions League, but mm. trying to win it. And um, um, it's a fair play if Napoli win the Champions League next year, and somebody digs this clip out of me saying they're not going to win it. But like Napoli aren't going to be contenders, are they? But, I mean, I'd love to see that move. You know, you can imagine like, everyone's sort of either seen it at the time or seen documentaries of how Maradona was kind of fated in in Naples when he was there. I'm not sure it'd be quite the same with Ronaldo, but it'd be fascinating to see how that went. But, you know, I've been thinking about this months ago. I was like, if he did leave United, where could he possibly go? And you just think, well, it would have to be Major League Soccer, but he's actually not ready for that. He's not really ready to leave Europe in the Champions League, but I don't see who it would be. So you'd imagine it's, it's, it is Chelsea or bust. But it seems to be the case where you know, whereas with Raheem Sterling, who we might talk about, I think everybody at Chelsea is on the same page about that, and they all want it, and they think it'd be a good idea. 
So with Ronaldo, I don't know that Thomas Tuchel does want him, but maybe the new owner does. It's a bit of a complicated one. Well, and that and that's a question. Like I, I think when you're talking about him moving to the states to play, and and it then becomes not about trophies, about money. Um, then decisions around Chelsea need to be made if they're, if they're looking at him, whether or not Raheem Sterling does sign for Chelsea. Um, do you, do you think Raheem actually will will sign? Oh yeah, yeah, that's way more certain than than anything else at the minute. You know, yeah, Sterling to Chelsea is pretty much nailed on at this point. It was something dramatic would have to happen for it not to happen. I think I, I don't know exactly if City and Chelsea have agreed a fee, but I think everybody knows exactly what needs to be paid and that Chelsea will pay it. They've agreed the personal terms with him. You know, he, he's made the decision to leave City. Um, he, talking about narrow options for Ronaldo, I think it's pretty narrow options for Sterling as well. Um, but fortunately for him, you know, like I said before, every, every, everyone's on the same page at Chelsea regarding Sterling being a good idea. So, yeah, that that, that one is going to happen. And I, mean, I don't know if it'll be Saturday, Sunday or, or Monday your time by the time it does, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was pretty soon. That one. Now, um, uh, Todd Bully, the if I'm saying that correct, the new Chelsea owner is obviously an American. He owns the Dodgers and things as well, and he's being you know talked about trades, you know, tra- and and trying to t- bring the American style trades into the English game. Um, I don't know if that's going to work, but I do wonder if United sell Ronaldo. They've, I think they've said that they basically value him at around forty million pounds um, for the last year of his contract. If they sell him to Chelsea. Is there someone that could come the other way that makes sense? Because obviously they're going to need a striker as well. I mean, is it a, a Timo Werner? Is there somewhere there, someone there that makes sense to you? Uh, shame Lukaku's already gone, isn't it? He could have another bite of that cherry as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot. I'm trying to, I'm trying to work out. Well, the you know what the obvious one, and this was linked before, but Engolo Kante. That that's the obvious one for me. You know, I'd have needed a midfielder for so long. I mean, yeah, okay. Um, it, he's not the Frankie de Jong model, the Ajax model, is he really? Um, I'd like to think that he would be of some use to United and if there, this were, there were this hypothetical trade, then he would be one that makes sense because United have needed a, a holding midfielder for so long. Um, he's a world-class one. Um, yeah, it would make sense. But, I mean, Chelsea got so many players that don't seem to have, have worked out. You know, part of the reason they want Sterling is because Tuchel isn't very happy with his forward options, apart from Mason Mount, basically. So Pulisic, that'd be interesting. Um, I suppose you've got the US marketing element to that as well. Um, Ziyech, you know, there's, there's there's a lot of players at, at Chelsea that would be um, that would be good. Reese James, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just listing players that are good here without thinking how um, kind of realistic they are. Um, but yeah, there, there, there's certainly a lot. Blarick and Kante is probably the one that jumps off the page the most in terms of players who may be available. Now, uh, the obviously Manchester City have done quite a bit of business already. Uh, they're probably going to do some more as well. Uh, and I guess that uh, hinges on whether or not Bernardo Silva goes, but he seems to be on the wish list of Barcelona. Uh, but it, is, does that deal hang, uh, hang on Frankie de Jong going in United? It, it hangs on a few things. Um, it's, it's, it's fairly unlikely, but not impossible. Um, yeah, De Jong going to United or anywhere else is one of them because obviously that frees up some funds. But it, it's in that way, it's in that weird way where you look at it and it shouldn't really make sense because Barca are asking their senior players to take pay cuts again, and they've said no. Um, they've got these financial levers that they need to free up, which is you know part part of the way they've done that already is to, to sign away um, either ten percent of the TV rights over mm. a certain period. 
Um, so that's that's a start for them. But you look at it and you just think, any money you should be, you, you, any money you're making on transfers, you should really be making the club financially stable for years to come because of the problems you've got. But that's not really how Barca do things. They get money and they go and spend it straight away. Um, obviously, they're, they're looking into that with Lewandowski and Rafinha, and you think, how can you do those two, let alone Bernardo Silva as well? So it is going to be very difficult, but it is something that Bernardo Silva is very keen on. And if Barca do manage to raise some money by selling players and, and other deals, then it could happen. But they're going to have to pay, I don't know, 80 million euros at, at the very least. Um, but, I mean, in terms of that having an impact on City's business, that's not really it. You know, the next thing they're going to do is Mark Cucurea, the left back at Brighton. And that's about it, really. Um, that was the plan for, the, you know, the plan. They, they kind of expected Sterling to go, Jesus to go. Um, so, yeah, that that is the, the next one. I think they would have done more negotiating with Brighton, but because they've had so many sales to deal with, the young players and Sterling as well. That's yeah. been slowed down a bit, but that's the next one. But then if they let Nathan Ake go to Chelsea as well, then I think they might go and try and find a, a centre-back as a replacement. That, that's the kind of areas they're looking at now. But I don't think they're going to try and buy anybody to replace Sterling and Jesus. Sam, Liverpool, close to Kez's heart in the kitchen. Uh, Mane out Nunes, and what do you expect from Darwin Nunes? Um, well, he's just such a kind of vibrant goal scorer. It's, it's interesting, actually, because I know they had Jota last season, and, and he obviously scores the, the, the type of number nine goals. In terms, in terms of headers, despite not being this massive figure. But obviously so much of what um, Liverpool's forward play has been based around in, in recent years was Firmino dropping off as a false nine. And, you know, we've talked so much about City as a false nine, and now Haaland's coming in and having to adapt. It'll be interesting how Liverpool go down that route. Obviously with Jota already, um, they, they've kind of taken a step towards that. And with Mane out, Diaz has already kind of replaced him in a sense so you still get that kind of extremely I'll say the word again vibrant present on the wing and then yeah Nunes uh, I, I can't help but see him scoring goals first seasons at new clubs in new countries are not always easy and I'm talking about Haaland and Nunes now but they're both that good and the teams they play for are that good and create so many chances I mean I'm, I'm so reluctant to say it because football is not normally this simple but surely in these two cases, you know, they're going to they're gonna not necessarily hit the ground running, but they're going to score enough goals in their first season to make sure that nobody's really looking at them and thinking, what are they doing? So, yeah, in terms of Nunez sort of, sort of, um, settling in at Liverpool, I, I, think, I, think he'll be, I think he'll be able to show the kind of form that attracted, them, attracted him to them in the first place and then go from there. Sam Lee with us from The Athletic talking football. It is, of course, uh, transfer season at the moment in Europe. Sam, uh, a player that maybe, I don't know if you'd say has had a uh, a reality check, but the news that Jesse Lingard is now looking at the MLS at, what is he, 28, um, rather than a big club in England, suggests to me that maybe he's not as good as he thinks he is? <laughs> well, that's one way of putting it. I mean, when he had that loan at West Ham a couple of seasons ago, and he... Mm-hmm. He was. It went really well. He looked. He looked really good. You know, he, he seemed to be scoring every week. He was one of those players. If you play fantasy football, you had to have him because he, he was just. He was either scoring or assisting every match. Um, and then he should have gone back. He should have gone back, but kind of stupidly for him, I suppose. And and at United, there was this idea that he'd be able to fight for his place, which never really happened. And obviously, he wanted to go desperately in January, and it was blocked. Um, 
in terms of now looking at MLS, I mean, we were talking about Ronaldo earlier, whether it's for money or not. I, I wouldn't mind going if I was a player. For Lingard, it seems a bit early for, um, for him to be thinking about it. I, I'm, I'm not sure about that. In terms of him being not as good as he thinks or as we think, I, I, I would have thought there'd be loads of Premier League clubs that would want him. You know, where, even even if it's like clubs coming up and going, oh, you know, opportunistically. You know, Fulham are signing Pereira from United today. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but is, is Jesse Lingard not better than, than Pereira? Yeah. I, I'd have thought so. Um, yeah, I, I would have thought there'd be enough Premier League teams in there. Uh, maybe it's just opportunistic MLS sides having a look and, you know, chancing their arm, but it's not really realistic. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I can't claim to have the inside track on this one, but I'd be surprised if it wasn't a Premier League club. Um, by the end of the summer. Yeah, you're right there. I mean, following you mentioned, Newcastle have been interested in him previously. Seems West Ham have got a deal on the table that he's not that fussed on, and then Everton offered him a deal, and he went, oh, hang on, Everton, do I really want to go there? No, I'll I'll go and have a look in the States. That's that's preferable. All of a sudden, you start looking at Florida, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, good stuff, Sam. Thanks very much for coming on, mate. Uh, Keep up the good work at The Athletic. Enjoy our chat. Yeah, yeah, thanks very much. Anytime. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sam Lee from The Athletic. Uh, give us a, a call 0800 150 811. That is the Ken Tire phone line or our text number double eight double three. You're listening to Izzy and Kempy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast and uh, time for our Waikato Stud update. Waikato Stud, your source for a racehorse, home of champion sires including Savabile and Ocean Park. Joining us is uh, Mark Clayton. G'day, Clayton. How are you, brother? Hey, good morning, Ricardo. Good morning, Kempi. Morning, Clayton. How are you, mate? Hey, uh, got some big racing up again this weekend, mate. The heavy tracks. Uh, you, you like the, uh, the racing going around this weekend? What do you like? Yeah, we're off to Tarapa tomorrow for pretty much a Tiawamudu meeting where they run the JF Grills Memorial Classic and the Tiawamudu Cup and also a new race on the card, the Mark Sanders Memorial. Of course, sadly, we lost Mark earlier this year, but some big, big fields here tomorrow at Tarapa, some good betting fields, and I think uh, Hot Pink's in the Johnny Grills Memorial Classic, Andrew Forsman trains, and she's in a good reign of form, and uh, this this race means a lot to the people from Tiawamudu, and Andrew... He is an ex-Tiawa Moody boy, so he'd be really trying to win this with Hot Pinks tomorrow. Yeah, what about in the uh, the sprint, the Group 1 Turf Bar sprint? You've got uh, you know, some good horses in that. Helena Baby, um, Eero Dupari, and of course Alan Sharrick, who's in a rich fame of four, mate. Three winners last week. He's bringing Butler up. Yeah. What, what do you think of Butler? Yeah, well, you should have a bit of oil on the Sharrick team there, Kempi, but... He looks to be very, very smart horse, Butler, and he came up to Ellerslie and just missed, but he strung two together at the back end of that campaign, and he's been, I think he's been sprint in some of these early Tarzino classics and coming up, so he is definitely a smart animal, and Taylor Mitchell to ride, so, oh, Alan, he found, he found the hotshot apprentice, and it's good we've got some good apprentices coming through, like Crystal Lindsay and uh, Kelsey Hannon and Lily Sutherland down the Central District, so it 
that gives you a lot of confidence going forward that we do have the young apprentices coming through. Yeah, only carrying 51 kilos too, so I think that's a, that's pretty much a special tomorrow. Um, there's also racing down in Hastings. You know, they've put on some... We got we got one last week with my horse, Just Ask Me. Uh, they go back there this weekend. What, what, do you, what do you like down there? Uh, we didn't get that text, Kempi, last week. <laughs> Don't worry, Izzy's father won't talk to me. <laughs> and there's a reason Izzy's not on today either, because Izzy won't talk to Kempi either. <laughs> well, I'm with him. But yeah, no, they've got a seven race car there at Hastings, and, and of course Sunday we've got jumps racing at Harbour. But uh, yeah, it's seven race car tomorrow, and boy, some nice little fields there. And if you wanted a smoky in the last, they uh, head towards the bottom of the page, and El Moraki has been just nice races in behind them, getting home late, and uh, could be one definitely at odds in the last. I'll just quickly get it up and see what El Moraki at. Uh, the bookies have missed it. Yep, they have 16 and 480. Yeah, oh, well, there you go. 16 and 480. El Moraki, Jatis Mudu, he actually rode my horse last week. Just asked me, got her up. Mate, got around the corner. We thought we were in with a chance to carry 58 in that one. Clado and Young Madhu, he got he got the big boy up, which was great. Hey, is there um, what a good one? Oh, won it, won it. You've got you like you said, you've got some really good jockeys on the moment. You've got a real big fight going on with uh, McNabber and of course Lisa um, for the premiership. What what do you like about those two at the moment? Oh, I love Michael's commitment. Like going to Ashburton yesterday, um, ten rides on a eleven race card. Um, he hasn't he hasn't put it to bed yet. Um, I know Lisa said, you know, she's all over and the bookies have paid out, but she'll just keep nipping away like a little fox terrier at your ankle to the last possible minute. So, Mac, I think I think you can probably take the foot off the throat now and yeah, I'd say he's home. But it was a feature meeting you stayed having uh, Ashburton, so some good money up for grabs, but still good to see Michael go and he's deserved this. He's worked hard and he's got his weight down and. Yeah, and no, he's stuck to it throughout the season, so let's hope he can do it again. Hey, Clado, I don't know a lot about horses. I, I put my hand up and say that, but I do know one thing, and that if if Joe Bell is on something, it's cursed. So he's he's already <laughs> tipped out. He's already tipped out hot pinks today, mate. So don't don't invest there. Oh, oh, okay. Well, sorry, sorry, Andrew, and sorry, everybody is on hot pinks. But um, <laughs> look, look, there's a couple of nice horses, and these DBs of power actually. Um, held out uh, Anna Grace at Tauranga and the Pundits Club money were all on Anna Grace and the bees of power sort of held us out and spoiled the party but a horse I've always got a soft spot for and does go good at Tarapa is the two Bullybrook um, always a bit of value too for Ray Gavin uh, we just get it up race five um, hasn't been seen for a while he's had two runs this time in but eight dollars that's about his winning price and Iris Bragg, she's back. She's uh, been married, had a child, so she'll come back and uh, be hungry and get on good with this horse. So watch out for Bullybrook. And now that Hot Pinks has got the Joe Dirt curse. Yeah. Now, Hot Pinks, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on it. I think it's a decent Cornella, Hot Pinks and the Butler. Um, I'm going to have a look at that tomorrow. I don't, I don't know whether you saw this, Clay Day, but did you, did you see the Cambridge Synthetic this week and that the horse in uh, race six called Noble Win that Sam Spratt was riding? Oh, Pretty impressive, wasn't it? Yeah, very, very good. A, a, a nice horse to follow. The way he came around, I know it was only on a synthetic, but put four lengths on him when he when he was asked. Um, very impressive. What, what what do you think they're aiming that horse for? Oh, not too sure. I'd have to go onto the New Zealand Love Racing website and uh, track down the news on that. They're usually pretty good stories about where they're going to go. But 
yeah, like the world looks to be noble wins oyster. Hey, uh, Clayto, I know you, uh, you know, we, we obviously uh, d- got you on to do the uh, Waikato Stud uh, racing segment here, mate, but uh, I know you also love your Warriors. Uh, we've been asking this morning, the question has been, uh, the can't wait question, if you could sign anybody for the Warriors for next season, be it an All Black or be it an NRL star, who are you going for? Well, funny enough, Ricardo, this has been going around in my head for the last couple of seasons. There's one bloke who I, I would sign... Who would who would just go forward? Bit of mongrel, bit of size, bit of scope, bit of speed, and and I've liked him for a long time. I would sign, and I and I, if I was a Warriors, I'd go out and be mongrels trying to sign some of these players. I mean, we're getting the runaround, mate. We are the soft cocks of the rugby league world at the moment when it comes to retaining players. So why don't we get out there and do the same? And let's go after Brandon Smith. Let, let's be dog about it, and let's try and get him and lure him here. And anyway, I got sidetracked. Um, the player I would sign would be Dalton Papili. Dalton Papili. Interesting. The number six for the ABs. Good stuff, Clayton. Hey, by the way, if you're looking for your uh, your forward vest, um, it's 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 sitting in the studio, mate. It was on the studio floor this morning. That's where it is. <laughs> My vest? Yeah, it's, well, I assumed it's yours. It's got forward uh, embroidered across the back, and you're the only man I'd know, I know who would be brave enough to wear that, so... Well, well, I drive one, mate. I'm out, yeah, I'm the only one who can afford a Ford. All you guys got Maseratis and you're looking the game. out the back, I feel a bit embarrassed, like taking it to work. Good stuff, Plato. That is our Waikato Stud update. Waikato Stud, your source for a racehorse. Joining us now out of the All Blacks camp is Braden Enor. G'day, Braden. How you doing? Yeah, thanks, mate. How you, how you doing? Yeah, good, man. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. How's the, how's the week been after that big win? Yeah, it's been a been a good week in, in Dunedin. Uh, it's been a bit colder than Auckland, but uh, no, the boys are just just as excited for this weekend. Hey, Braden, it's Kemper here, mate. Hey, you must have been. Um, were you surprised when you got called up last week and and then put onto the the uh, the bench? Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a big couple of days. I was I was actually just packing to go away to Wanaka for for a couple of days, and then. Got the call Saturday morning to, to take my bag for a different different adventure. So, um, no, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, that, that is awesome. I mean, from your point of view, mate, I mean, you know, like we're obviously fans and we're watching and we're going, oh, you know, we, we, we're going to be without a few, no um, Harvey, no good Hugh, et cetera, thinking that that would mean that Roger was named in the squad initially would probably take play some part on the bench. And he, he didn't, but you did. You got called in and then you ended up on the bench. Uh, from your point of view, what's the reasoning there, you know, and, and, and what was the conversations like with the coaching staff uh, when when you got named? I think that was uh, just purely um, positional cover. Um, centre and wing was was where they needed um, some cover. So obviously, Rog plays plays twelve specialists. So mm. yeah, that, that was the reason. Hey, what about um, this week with all the boys coming back into camp? The, the COVID scare all, all done. What's what's the mood been like? Uh, Braden, is it is it lifted a notch with everyone uh, now pulling pulling together? Yeah, I think uh, having the coaches back and, and a few of the boys um, being being right and ready again, um, it's been awesome. Especially uh, for me, having a few few more mates in the team, mm. uh, a few of my Crusaders mates. Uh, they luckily the uh, the virus didn't knock them too hard, so they they've been training training hard. So, and are you allowed to say what you've been focusing on this week? I know the Irish they, they started pretty. Well, in that first fifteen minutes um, before they lost Johnny Sexton, but what have what you guys been focusing on? More your game or what they bring with Johnny Sexton if he can play eighty minutes? 
I think yeah, it's always it's always more the focus on us. Um, if you focus too much on the opposition, you sort of get a bit sidetracked. So yeah, for us, just our, our carry clean um, is massive for us. Creates momentum and, and keeps the game going forward. And is is the um, having Fozzie back in there the 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 coaches? How have you found? When last week they weren't working with you guys to this week where they're back in, is it like a lifted up a notch? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, we were, we were running uh, pretty thin on, on coaches last week with, with the old virus running through them. But um, no, they did what they could through through Zoom and, and uh, WhatsApp and all that sorts of things. So no, to have them here in person just adds another level. How much uh, or how hands-on was, was Joe Schmidt last week, mate? Because obviously a lot was made of that, particularly with his Irish connections. Oh, he was, yeah, he was, he's awesome. He's a good man and, and he obviously knows what he's talking about. He comes in, um, helps, us, helps us out a bit, but he was, he was a bit tentative at the start. Um, you know, he's, he's just come in the environment and, and he just added his, his five cents and, and let us do our thing. That's awesome. It's good to good to see that the um, the Dunedin crowd, mate. We've got quite a few Dunedin listeners on the phone here. Get to experience an All Black Test this week. What's it been like uh, down in Dunners, mate? They're expecting plenty of people to come along. Has, has there been lots of support for you boys in town? Yeah, there always is. It's always awesome um, being an All Black in, in New Zealand. There's always lots of support around the country. Awesome stadium to play at this weekend and. And uh, and the weather won't affect that, so that's good. Um, it's been pretty cold, but other than that, uh, it's been nice and sunny and been awesome. Yeah, under the roof, mate. Under the roof should be a dry track, which should be perfect um, for for our boys uh, getting some uh, front football. Uh, you talked about you know positional cover, and I know that you 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 can play wing and you've you've played centre as well. Um, where do you, where would you prefer to play? I mean, if you could choose where you played week in week out for the Crusaders or the All Blacks, what was it, what number would you have on your back? I mean, yeah, been playing thirteen for a while now, and um, it's what I played growing up. Uh, when I started playing when uh, when I started playing for my ten, that was sort of just another string that got added to my bow, and, and now I guess it's part of part of my game as well. So for me, yeah, thirteen is is where I want to play. But um, like I say, if if uh, playing wing gets me, keeps me in the, in the back jersey, gives me opportunities, then, then I'm all for it. We're just talking about that, mate. You know, I've like been in the squad now, leading into the World Cup's a really um, good spot to be in. So wishing you all the best with all that sort of uh, uh, form going forward. Just, uh, I just want to ask a question about Dave Havili. Um, you know, we everyone thought that Dave Havili would be named in the number 12 jersey. How's he handling it? You know, um, you know, it would have been would have been great to hear his name read out last week. Unfortunately, he goes down, and then this week he doesn't get that spot. Um, young Quinta Pie comes out and plays a blinder. How's it, how's he going during the week? Oh, yeah, it's a it's a professional game. We all we all want, want to be um, named to that team, and uh, only certain certain amount of people can be named. So that's that's part of the gig. Um, you know, Davey's an absolute professional. Uh, turns up every every day and and trains hard and and prepares Quinn as well. So um, he's obviously gutted, but um, I'm sure he'll be ready when when the call's made for him to get on that jersey. That jersey. Yeah, I, 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 that's a thing, isn't it, Braden? I mean, at the moment, you know, you you play in that environment. You put your hand up. You give if you give somebody an opportunity. Um, not that Dave wanted to get COVID, but you know, you give somebody an opportunity. Quinn takes that opportunity. Then it's up to you to to get that that back. Uh, and that that's what drives that all black environment. What makes it so competitive? 
exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I also wanted to ask you about the um, uh, one of the things that the Irish did really well in that first twenty minutes, particularly when Johnny Sexton was on the field, was just that little chip in behind the defensive line. Has that been a work on for you guys this week? Yeah. Um, obviously, they they saw that uh, Nuggy was was made a tackle, so we didn't have um, as much cover behind the line as we usually would. So that's it's obviously pretty good heads up play by them. Um, that's just that's just being aware of, of where our boys are and, and how we cover that backfield. Hey, Brayden, I just I've just got this thing going around in my head at the moment. What is it? What is it? The music that motivates you? Like, what do you listen to, mate? Like, I don't want to talk. Not not going out to a game, you know, the, the hype music. But what is it? Your your go to playlist during the week? What are you listening to? Oh, to be honest, I'm a I'm a fan of everything. Um, you know, grew up listening to the, the old stuff, Bruce Springsteen and and whatnot. Um, often uh, go back to that when I'm just chilling by myself and that sort of stuff, but also listen to a lot of rap and drum and bass and that sort of thing when I'm trying to get, like say, hyped for the game. Who, who Who's in charge of the sound system in the, in the sheds? There's a few lads, actually. I think it's all the all the first years um, that take care of that. So, um, Blau uh, and Stevie uh, are taking hold there. Yeah, nice, mate, nice. Now, hey, I don't know, Braden. Uh, I, I know you listen to SENZ uh, day in, day out when you're not listening to Jamming Springsteen, but um, <laughs> you may have missed this before the interview. We were we were talking, Kempe, earlier today. Our, our uh, can't-wait question of the day has been, uh, for Warriors fans, if you could sign any player in, from anywhere, whether it be the All Blacks environment from the NRL currently, um, to, to make the Warriors more competitive for next season, who would it be? And it got me thinking, I mean, obviously, you train with these guys day in, day out. Uh, who do you reckon be the best league converts currently run around in the All Black squad? Well, I mean, there's, there's an obvious choice in, in Roger to about the Sheik. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but aside from him, um, yeah, so it's a tough question. Is You could go from, for one of the big fellas like uh, Scooter Barrett, you know, chuck it up, makes lots of tackles. Um, yeah, or you could go, uh, you could even go with Caleb Clark. Big, big, powerful winger mm. of scoring tries. Yeah, yeah, could I'm pro- not too sure. Could probably play in the centres as well. Good stuff, Brayden. Hey, listen, thanks yeah. very much for coming on, man. Uh, we really appreciate your time, and uh, best of luck to you and the team uh, this weekend in Dunners. Hopefully, we can make it uh, to Zip, eh? and then uh, and and then bring it to Wellington. Yeah, sounds good. Oh, yeah, good yeah. stuff. Thanks, man. Cheers, uh, Braden, and all there with us here on Izzy and Kempy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Keep your texts coming through. Uh, your take on that was there uh, um, from from Braden Caleb Clark. Cool, a hundred percent. Yeah, he's gone. Mm. He's gone straight straight away. I'll just. The question you ask, and straight away you can see his mind thinking big, strong, powerful yeah. players. I thought he was going to lay Lester there at one stage, but Caleb, like Caleb made it really clear that it, uh, he would, was looking at NRL uh, contracts. Yeah. You know? So that's, that's not really uh, surprising. But I think um, I, I was expecting him to say Artie Sevilla as well. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know? actually. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. Every player there would have a di- different thought scoot about it? of course mate mm. you know I'd, if, if I had the money I'd go, go and sign that He'd kid be tomorrow. another Nelson wouldn't he oh, and Nelson and Safa Solomono be another 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 one another type that type of player yeah yeah very Perfect. good uh, yeah great to catch up with Braden in or thanks to McCafe try the delicious new McCafe coffee blend today simply good coffee for logbook servicing you can rely on you need to make the right choice you need trained professionals who are fully qualified to serve
service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.